Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. The government is going to look at plans to establish a new unit aimed at reducing child poverty and also as well just to improve the general well-being of children in this country. And there's lots of things they're going to look at, everything from the cost of education and childcare, welfare reforms, um, things like public health measures and two, trying to prevent family homelessness, um, along with participation in sport and, and other cultural activities. But what is life like for children in this country? And is it a good place as a parent to bring up children? Nikki is with us on the line today in Roscommon. Nikki, is Ireland a good place to rear kids? Um, yes, I believe so. Uh, I moved here in 2019 when my son was six months old. Um, since then, I've had my daughter. She's Irish. Um, I'm pregnant currently with uh, baby number three. Um, I would fully uh, say that Ireland is one of the best countries to raise your children. Uh, as you can tell, I'm not exactly Irish. Uh, I'm from Scotland originally. Mm. Um, my son was born in England, um, and I was living in England for the last 10 years before I moved to, to Ireland itself. Um, and we're great at looking across at other countries, but for example, in England, the education system is um, broken, I would say, quite frankly. They have schools, then they have uh, grammar schools, then you've got your private schools. Um, the grammar schools um, are basically, if you have enough money to send your children for private tutors, your child will get into a grammar school. Um, here, for example, schools are far more, there, there is some private schools, obviously, but they're a lot more just comprehensive high schools. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really good thing for children to mix because you get children mixing um, from all different backgrounds, um, it's not just a, like a click of, oh, your parents have got money, my parents have got money, let's continue on. It's far more um, experience for them, like it's better for them. I also think um, young children here are it's great. Like, uh, there is improvements that could be made, um, like childcare costs and things like that. But you still have the same problem, for example, in the UK, the childcare costs are horrendous and they have problems in childcare right now as well. Because um, I have friends over there and we talk about raising our children and so I know these things yeah. from them and their personal experiences. Um, could I want to better? Yes. But do I think they're doing well? Definitely. Do you think we take it for granted here, Nikki, when we um, look at our situation? I think a little bit when you don't have experience of other countries, then it could be taken a little bit for granted. But I do think, I mean, as I said, I do think improvements could be made to make people's life easier um, when you have children. What what are those improvements? Um, for one, I would say uh, paid leave for fathers when, when a new baby is born. Like, they get roughly, depending on company, they can get two weeks. Some get a little bit longer. But I think in general, and it's not just here, I think in general, across the board, most countries should offer fathers like a month or two or three months off to bond with their, their newborn child. Um, on paid leave like you get maternity leave for parents and mothers mm, the paternity um, leave alright but you, you think that uh, there could be improvements made, made around that I definitely think there could be improvements made around that I think improvements made around childcare as well like um, paying uh, childcare workers a decent wage to look after children also not like having high fees for parents like maybe even make it universally free for, for children to go to preschool before they go to school um, and school costs should like be covered by the state but these are things that hopefully will get improved over time mm. um, But overall you think it's pretty good? 
I definitely yeah, do, yeah. Okay. Uh, Teresa's joining us as well, Nikki. Stay on the line um, because, Teresa, you're a parent and a childcare provider. So I imagine some of the points Nikki mentioned are, are, to, the, are to the front of your mind. But are there many difficulties in, in raising um, children in Ireland today? I, I, I find that there are, in fact, and firstly, can I just say congratulations to Nikki because going for number three is a big deal. <laughs> so congratulations <laughs> and well done. Thanks. Um, it's, it's a case in point for us, actually. It's a decision that, that, um, that we came to recently in our family. I have two sons, um, just going one and just going three years old. Um, so I'm at that really, or we're at that really expensive part of, um, of their, their, their childhood where the care costs are fairly extortionate. Uh, more than twice uh, the amount of our mortgage, for example. Um, and so we have this crushing um, amount of money that goes out on a monthly basis. And I, I see a lot of times parents, and I understand it because not everybody's in the childcare sector, like I can wear both hats and see it, but I don't resent the the crash for that uh, cost because I understand the costs and, and what it takes to actually run a successful and safe service. Mm. Um, what I, what I would say is that the government um, repeatedly announce um, you know, multi-million programmes to support the sector and the staff and all the rest of it, like this core funding fiasco from, from last year, for example. But it actually doesn't trickle down into proper relief for parents. You know, the headline was 25% off your childcare costs, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So it doesn't actually work out that way if you're in a very expensive area for childcare, like I am, I live in Kildare. So... Um, Look, raising children in this country, the, the question of your, of your, your topic today, Andrea, it, children here have a, have a great life. It's a great, safe country. You know, there is generally access to, to public health care with major flaws, but generally speaking, A&Es are there and they're available. It's mm. not the same if in all If you're sick, you'll be looked after. Generally speaking, yeah. yes. If you have an emergency, you will, you will be looked after. That's it. You if you have an emergency, the, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You might go through the trauma of A and E itself. Can be a trauma. You know, going through. We've all been. Any any parent has really been there with with kids. Um. So yes, in that in that sense, but it is pinching, and the cost of living, the cost of childcare, um, and and these very superficial headlines that come out from the government. There was another one just yesterday announcing that uh, 141 services have been given, childcare services have been given grants to upgrade um, their their services for energy efficiency, etc. But like that's 3.4% of services when there's over a thousand services that are, you know, really, really struggling okay. because of their service type, those small services like our own. So superficial headlines, one after another, after another. And it just, it's a very transparent effort to make the Department of Children look great when actually a holistic all-of-government policy to properly look after children would also look after their families. Well, I, I imagine the that's, situation in the round. that's what, what, what a part of this, or I would assume that's a part of the, uh, the aim of this new unit, you know, to try and reduce child poverty and improve the well-being of kids in this country. I kind of assume that's, you know, looking at that's, the whole yeah, approach. That's, that's, the, that's the thrust of it, um, I suppose. And I mean, look, like most of the country or a lot of the country, you know, after decades of promises to systemic um, issues in our general system in Ireland, system of government, system of social supports, decades of promises and beautiful plans 
you know, you don't really ever see them come to fruition. And I would not criticise anybody okay. who doubts, this, doubts the, the efficacy of the teams that have been put in charge of this within the government. Yeah. Okay. Because it's, it's going to make for a beautiful brochure. It's going to make the six and nine o'clock news a few times. It's going to probably hit prime time at some stage. And that will satisfy um, the government. Right. But actually what people want is money in their pockets and, and a, a sense of security. Yeah, the help, the, the, the help and support. Is, uh, exactly. Do, do, exactly. Uh, Nikki, you mentioned um, having previously lived in, and, and brought your first child up in, in the UK. Do, like, do you feel that it's, Ireland is a safer country? Is, is child safety something that's... Is, like, uh, how, how is that for, for you here in Ireland? Oh, I, well, I think Ireland's a very safe country, uh, as uh, your other caller mentioned. Uh, I lived uh, not far from Manchester when the Manchester bombing happened, which was quite a shock to everyone in the area. I lived like 50, 60 miles away from okay. it. Um, you don't really get those things here. Here's very more peaceful and happy. You get protests, but there's nothing dramatic other than people maybe missing a flight or two at like, Dublin Airport at the weekend. Um, there's nothing like bad that really happens in Ireland. It is a very safe country overall. Um, I, I I think that's due to its uh, history and, and political views currently. Okay. Jenna's on the line as well. Jenna, you're currently a student in uh, the University of Galway. Was Ireland a good country to grow up in? Uh, yes, for me, overall it was. Like Looking back, I had a lovely experience in primary school. There was like eight people in my class. It was a small school in the countryside. After school, I could hang out with my friends, explore fields. And I was lucky enough to have parents who would have time after work to help me with homework if I needed help. Um, lucky enough to have a garden to grow, to play in. Um, yeah, for me it was, but I think it, it depends on your position in society as well. Say, if you're a family with a kid with a disability, I'm sure it's a different story. Say, mm. you're waiting on long public health care list to get help. Um, so I'm in a very privileged position, I, I would say. So for me, yeah. And then also there's the element of racism. I, I'm a white person. I didn't experience racism. But then when I talk to my friends who have, it can be detrimental to your self-esteem. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely it, case by case. Yeah, mm-hmm. but overall, as was said earlier, Ireland's a very safe country. Like, I moved over here when I was five. I could have grown up in the U.S. So I was born there. But my dad's from Ireland, so we moved here. Um, but I wouldn't feel safe as a kid or a parent in the US with mass shootings, for example. So I think Ireland is, it is safe, it is nice for a child, if if you can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like prices of childcare, um, cost of living, uh, finding a house, <laughs> always the housing crisis is always an underlying tone. Um, then with, with like mainstream schools, there's always room for improvement, like say for the education system, what's taught the curriculum, like perhaps reviewing the education system, like we're starting at young impressionable ages, like primary school onwards, or secondary school, like to teach kids in an open and comfortable way, say about sex education, consent, um, and not to be a taboo topic. Yeah. Just to, yeah, there's definitely room for improvement as well. It's interesting in, in talking to, to both, you know, yourself, Jen and, and Nikki, and having the experience, I suppose, of, of lived um, in other countries and living abroad and, and then moving back to Ireland. Like, you know, for so many people, uh, Jenna, I imagine where you are at University of uh, Galway or, you know, any third level institute in the US, 
it's an awful lot more difficult to get to college in the States. Like, it's totally prohibitive cost-wise for so many people. Oh, yeah. Like, in the course I'm doing now, there's a girl from the US. She's in a lot of debt, or years of debt you pay off. Um, There's four kids in my family. I don't know how my parents would have afforded to have kids to go to school in the US. Um, I guess there's scholarships, but you'd have to Mm. really, really academically thrive. Not everyone is suited to that setting. So, yeah, here it's it's great that university is affordable, like there's the CZ grant. But then in other European countries like Slovakia, university education is free. <laughs> uh, say master's as well. Master's are very expensive here. Yeah, the post-grad levels uh, certainly, yeah. uh, uh, absolutely. And, and look, I'm, the system, I'm not suggesting it's perfect, but, but in just listening to your own experience in a family of four, had you have gone through the school education system in the States, um, I'm sure it would have been a, an entirely different experience. Text in from a listener here on 087-1400-106 who says, um, completely disagree with, with the callers. We're currently planning on heading to Australia because we can't afford the cost of living in Ireland. We're going to pack up our three young kids, take them away from their schools and their grandparents because we see better opportunities for them abroad. It breaks my heart. I'd love to talk to that caller today if you want to give us a, a shout. It's 1800 453 106 is the number. Kerry is with us on the line too though because Kerry, you're actually also considering leaving Ireland in the next year, is that right? That's correct. My child is in junior search at the moment and I feel that he's missing out on a lot of education and it's not the teacher's fault. I think within Ireland, everyone has lost interest in their job and it's just getting very, very hard to live in Ireland um, and getting what you're entitled to as an education. Um, I think um, teachers have lost control of, I'm not saying the teachers, the system has lost control of kids um, and motivation is not there with the kids anymore, um, no matter how hard you try. As a parent and as a teacher, I assume, I don't know, but then, and with the teachers missing a lot of days as well. Um, and that's just due to lack of uh, motivation, I think, and impossible jobs sometimes, I think, they have, they're doing. Like, it's, it must be extremely, extremely hard. And with all the temptations at the moment for drugs, you name it, this going on in the schools, and there's no control. They've completely lost. And I think that's all schools across the board. And is this one of the reasons why you're leaving the country? Yes, and uh, there's a lot of things to consider the reason, but it is if I would sacrifice everything else if I thought my child was going to benefit. But at this stage, I think my child would go down the wrong road if I stayed in Ireland. Jenna, when you finish your studies in Galway... Do you see a future for yourself? I'm just thinking of that that previous um, texter who's you know who says they don't see a, a future for the for their three kids or opportunities in Ireland. Do you see opportunity here? No, <laughs> not with the housing crisis. No, um, most of my friends have moved to Australia or Europe. My plan is to move to Germany. <laughs> I, I, it's unseeable. <laughs> like it would be nice to live here, maybe come back if I somehow could afford it. If somehow the housing crisis. <laughs> And why Germany? What's the what's so attractive about Germany? Uh, well, I'm kind of in the science sector, so Germany would be the, the area of work. Also, I want to go in. There's not much here at the moment, but also just the housing crisis is is yeah. 
So even as a student now, I, I, I don't, don't know what age you are, but you know, you know, as a, as a third level student, the housing situation, like it's, it's that much in your mind that you're already, even before you look at, um, you know, work or opportunities in this country, you're, you're thinking of leaving, Jenna. Yeah, well, um, Rory Hearn, the author of GAF, he, he says, without a home, you can't be. So if I want to go somewhere where you can actually afford to be, yeah, that's the biggest factor with everything. Nikki, you're still with us on the line as well. Like, you know, do you see opportunity for your children? Uh, yeah, I do. I think right now, I mean, they're only four and one. Um, but I do see opportunities for them. I think there's a lot of growth. Uh, in Ireland I mean we moved over Ireland and as people say like it's expensive to live um, in the UK we were renting we, we bought a house in Ireland but we don't plan <laughs> on leaving <laughs> yeah. um, but I do see like, futures for them um, I have no idea what they want to do right now they're interested yeah. in popital and dolls but um, whatever it happens to be like, I hope they, they get to follow their dreams and their passions Um Mama on the punch. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do see that there'll be futures for them. Uh, I just don't know what those are yet. Yeah, no, Jobs but it's change. it's 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 fairly mixed. I have to say on on the text line about this today. Like this listener here says, I had a brilliant childhood in Dublin. Uh, every minute, I loved every minute of it. But I can't offer my own children that same childhood. We're renting, so can't offer the stability. The social anti-behave, the anti-social, sorry, behaviour uh, where we live. We're in Dublin Eight, so our children have no freedom. I don't see how it's a great place to raise children. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday on News Talk. We're talking about this, um, the government plans to set up this new unit that's basically aimed at trying to reduce child poverty. But it's also about trying to improve the well-being of children in this country. And I'm just interested in your thoughts on whether Ireland is actually a good place to bring up children. And we've had a fairly mixed reaction, I'd say, on the uh, the text line so far to this today. Helen is with us, though, on the line in Cork. Helen, is Ireland a good place to raise kids? Hi, Andrea. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, like I think Ireland is a brilliant place to raise children. Um, I'm a primary school principal myself in a small school in Cork, and I have my own children as well. Um, I think it, Ireland is great because the standard of education here is really, really high, and I'd have to commend all educators, preschool, primary and post-primary, about the curriculum they deliver. It is you know, second to none in the European Union. I think it's one of the highest. Um, I think Ireland is brilliant for the range of extracurricular activities that um, children are offered and can avail of. And I think, you know, it's a great place to raise children. And I suppose the one thing I would say is, you know, a little more government support to help families these days would be most welcomed. And I think that's maybe where we fall down a small bit, um, you know, in terms of financial support from the government to help parents. Um, I think uh, Ireland has changed a lot in the last 20 years. Most um, families are two working parents full-time in a lot of occasions. And I think, you know, the, the, the world has changed in that respect. And financially, a lot of families, you ha- there have to be two working parents. And I don't think the government has caught up and um, maybe provided the support to um, 
you know, help with that. And, and you know, it's great. Like, there have been a lot of good initiatives, like in, you know, for example, the free school books for children next year is, is brilliant. I think that's an amazing initiative and will benefit all families. Yeah. And But I do think that the government could probably do a little bit more in terms of helping parents who are working full time, subsidising childcare and even... There the childcare is a big issue. The constantly, yeah. funny when you, you you mention it. Do you feel that your children are safe in Ireland, Helen? Um, I I do I do feel they are safe. Yeah, I do. Um, I think you know. Um, again, I'm coming from a, I suppose an educator's background. I do believe children are safe, but I do think that you know, um, if the government could subsidise extra health schools, even primary schools, preschools to provide preschool care, after school care, breakfast clubs, after school clubs, I think it would be beneficial for children's well-being because you have parents who are trying to juggle childcare and try to find childminders and, you know, are a little bit kind of under pressure and desperate to get childcare from all these different places. I think if you're talking about children's well-being, if the government could subsidise a programme where children would be taken care of before and after school in primary schools right. or preschools, then that would contribute to their well-being and it would, you know, ensure that they had a safe place to be if their parents are working until five or six o'clock in the evening, you know, that parents know they could be in a safe place where they're comfortable. So mm. talking about safety, I would say that government funding to do initiatives like that would be very helpful. Um, some of the other messages coming in on this as well. This listener says, we have five teenagers. When they were born, we put the first three in a crash. Very expensive. They picked up every sickness going. And when they were home, um, quite a lot. So my wife actually quit her job and has been at home with our children since. Very tough decision to quit her position. Took time to adjust, but it's worked for us. I do believe that one parent should stay at home with children until at least they're five years of age. I think it's way better for the kids' upbringing to be with their parent full-time in the early days of their lives, says Michael. I suppose it's not everybody, though, can, can afford that luxury. This listener says, Irish people don't seem to see the opportunities in this country because as a nation, we love to moan. However, when you speak to people from other countries uh, you were, were um, who have chosen to live here on the Emerald Isle, they happen to see loads of opportunities because they're willing to work hard and they recognise the excellent support and the education system that exists here, says Marie. Natalie is with us on the line as well because, Natalie, Natalie you're from um, Ukraine. You moved here since the, the Russian invasion. Um, you have a teenage son. Like, What's your view on Ireland as a place to bring up children? Um, yeah, so I have a teenager son uh, with um, uh, earring problems. So we linked with a school, a Holy Family School in Cabra in Dublin. And uh, we actually extremely happy. I, I never even expect could expect such care. And um, it's like, you know, when we first time came, um, so all students waving each other, hugging each other. And uh, yeah, it's like a family, really family. So and at this moment of time, he has transport support. So, um, yeah, I never considered uh, like he's in danger, you know, because I, I also need to work full time and, um, um, yeah, to pay the rent and all of this. But at the mm. same time, yeah, I never, never felt any danger that my son is not safe in Ireland. Um, yeah. When How would that compare, like, you know, bef- before the, the, um, the, the, the Russian invasion, how would, it, how would that compare to your son's 
um, access to services, you know, previously in the in the in 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 yeah, Ukraine, Natalie. In Ukraine, we also have uh, inclusion, so um, it's very welcome at this moment of time. So we're sorry. Um, so the people with, with the kids with the different type of, let's say, um, disabilities or specifics, they are integrated in the normal school and they are very welcome. And we have really we had lots of programs, supporting programs. And um, yes, but the only one thing we have a bit different. Um, so our um, kindergartens, okay. So in Ukraine, we used to get kids uh, to kindergarten age, let's say two, because as well as the, you mentioned before, like two parents are working mm-hmm. hard to, and uh, until five o'clock, the kids are under the full care. So we paid for their food. We paid for the, some uh, extra lessons. If if the parents considering to have so, yeah. like English or dancing or maybe some you know some choreography or singing, so we paid for that. But at least at age two, two parents could could back to work. So that's the situation that nearly Helen that that you kind of outlined, or you're sort of you know um, in a sort of a wishful like how we might change the system. But but that's nearly how it exists, Natalie. Previously in Ukraine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everywhere. And the second thing, you know, I, 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 so we have lots of summer camps for the kids, specifically, let's say, in age between 10 and, and 15, 16, mm. when for two weeks' time, uh, because Ukraine is a multinational country as well, so we have Muslims, we have um, Catholic, we have Orthodox, we have Russian speaker, we have uh, Ukrainian speaker, and these camps are... Um, Join the kids from different parts of Ukraine to show them, you know, that, yes, okay, we have some differences, but we're still one country, okay? So, and uh, if here in Ireland, I found the options for the summer camp, let's say three days, five days, but for the three days, uh, kids can't, um, you know, to, to make friendship, they can't exchange many things, but if it's a bit longer, and if they do hiking, they do cycling, they do, you know, they, they do some excursion, mm. they're exploring the nature. It helps them to to be in more harmonic, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's 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 interesting, the sport and cultural activities, and, and that seems to be a part, actually, of this new unit that they're talking about setting up, is to try and increase participation in those um, sport and, and cultural activities. And just when you mentioned that, Natalie, of a text in from a listener who says, I think it'd be great if there was more indoor family activities as well, the likes of bowling, climbing walls, etc. They should be given tax incentives, suggests this listener. Shane has got in touch and says, I think it's a great place. Ireland's a great place for children, but not a great place for adults trying to buy a house for two years sale agreed fall through twice living with my wife in my parents box room it's a great country alright so Shane James is with us on the line James you're a dad of three is Ireland a good place yeah yeah no it is afternoon yeah no Ireland is I think is a fantastic country to raise kids as I, I spoke to Ross this morning you know um, you know I think Bania would be similar age but like when we were growing up you know we we basically got three square meals. We had a roof over our heads and love from our parents. But I think the kids today just have so much more and they've got so much more opportunities. Like, especially, you know, they have a better chance of going to college. You know, they get, you know, they can travel a lot more. Like, my kids have been all over the world. Like, when, you know, 
I actually, they asked me one time, had I ever had a holiday as a child? And I told them I went on one overseas holiday as a kid where mine get two or three a year. So they couldn't get their heads around that. So, you know, it's yeah. definitely a better place for, for children. Like they've got so many more opportunities. One of the, the other texters a little earlier, funny, mentioned, um, you know, talking about wanting to, well, actually planning to already leave when she finishes um, her third level education in Ireland because of the cost of living and the housing situation. And she mentioned going to Germany. And just on that, I see texts coming in here like this texter says, my son was in Germany for three months on Erasmus. 15% of your salary goes on the public health system. Can you imagine? Yeah, can you imagine if we if we uh, that here? Um, if you think Ireland's expensive, you should try experiencing teaching in Germany. Very dear, says this listener. Another texter, do they not realise there's a housing crisis in Berlin in particular, Germany in general, also in Sydney too. This listener says Germany has a housing crisis at the moment. Australia is extremely expensive for houses uh, unless you live in the outback. Another listener, Mag, says um, our education system is only mediocre here. Just look at the, the new Ukrainian children. They all said that the maths here in Ireland was so easy. The level is about two years. Um, it must be two years behind the level in Ukraine. Is, is that what the listeners suggesting? Um, there's no desire here to do better. The lowest common denominator. Look at Project Maths, which totally isn't suited for many top students. My daughter left after the leaving cert and hasn't looked back. Do you see, James, like, are you optimistic for the future of your kids here? I do worry about it, to be honest with you. Um, now, I'm quite in a lucky position where I'm in a very, very, very good position financially through, you know, hard work and a lot of sacrifice. But I do worry about it because my, my children now are, are like my youngest is, is 11, my oldest is 15. So I have one doing junior start this year. But I do dread for my oldest when she does get to 18 or 19, if she does go on to college and then after she's finished college, what she's facing now it is. Realistically, it's kind of eight to ten years. But as someone has mentioned there about Berlin and Australia and stuff, like, you know, as you go around the world, it's something I often do because I do travel quite extensively. If I happen to be in a town and I happen to see an auctioneer, I often glance at the windows and just kind of suss out what yeah. the price of stuff is. It's a similar price-wise. If Sometimes it's a lot cheaper. Sometimes it's more expensive. So I don't think Ireland is just unique to having a housing problem, like, you know what I mean, or a, or a homeless problem, because as I said, I've traveled. I've seen a lot of homeless people all over the world as well. So I don't think it's mm. just unique. Like, people seem to think it's just unique to us. It's not. I, you know, and you also mentioned about 15%. I think that if the government decided, right, we're going to start charging you more for your uh, PRSI, this- most people would would. would would be happy to pay that if we got the services. But like, as you know, per head of capita, I think we pay either the highest or the second highest of um, taxes in Europe and we don't get the services that we should be getting for what we're paying. Yeah, I can imagine you know? the conversation we'll be having the day we're talking about uh, increasing, you know, taxes to, to pay well, for more do, services. to be. We do hosting for language students and we take some for a couple of months each year and we normally at the start of the year we take students from Denmark and, you know, so I was talking to one of them the other day and they were explaining to me how the system works in Denmark. These these uh, three girls were all eight in. All of them had their own apartments back at home. When they when they travel overseas, Danish students, the government pay, actually pays for them, I think, up to a year for them to, to go anywhere overseas to study. You know, the, the actual government pays, but their tax rates are 65%. Mm, well, yeah. But they've said that they don't mind paying the high taxes because they get the services. So one of them had okay. to go to a dentist. And she had to try and find a dentist here. Eventually, I found her a dentist. She had to pay €250. Euro. She said, in Denmark, 
that's we pay for that through our taxes. Yeah, so well, we it's just it's a, a, a different a different system for sure. But um, yeah, I suppose either way, you're you're still going to be going to be paying for it. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday on News Talk.